Guess what, comedy film nerd fans? It is that time of year again. To Christmas? Dis- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's our Christmas. It is. Yeah. It is. It's film. It's film nerd Christmas. Uh, we're here with Doug Benson to do our annual Oscar preview. Get your Oscar pools, your office your ballots, ballots, everything. Ballots, Get whatever. it ready. Get it ready. Get your greasy little fingers on some sort of writing utensil. How many times have we done this now? You think it's like seventy at least. What? 70 that yeah. we've done? We've there's done not even... Have, there's only 85 <laughs> Academy Awards. This is the 86, wow. I think. <laughs> so, so 60 years before podcasting was yeah. invented, yes. we We've started, been doing it, yeah. I guess we uh-huh. probably <laughs> did run into each other on the circuit and discuss the nominations, but uh, we didn't have a platform like yeah. this. This is... I saw on Facebook from four years ago, but I think we've been doing this... I don't know. We've been doing how old's po- the podcast? About eight years? Podcast seven? Is seven. Yeah, so we've probably been doing it about five or six years. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. If we didn't do it that first year, we did it the second. Right. Is there any? Um, do we know who's best at this as far as prognostication goes? Is Ooh. is any one of us uh, the? Hey, fans! Yeah. <laughs> you guys, here's a project. Yeah, you you guys keep the best score. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think it goes around. Yeah, like, probably. Like yeah. Each one a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we always, uh, we kind of agree on a lot of stuff anyway, but uh, it's those little differences and then also years where there's just a lot of surprises, which, you know, seems to be happening less and less. There's less surprises. I think usually one guy will go rogue on something and that either makes or breaks his... Uh, right, the pool. Like, we're all kind of sort of similar and then one guy just goes, nope, I'm going with this one. <laughs> and if that thing doesn't pull Suck up, it. Yeah, suck it. So... <laughs> All right, so we're going would win and should win. Would and should, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Would and, and should. should. <laughs> the old would and should. Would should. Um, My dad used to take me out to the would and should to punish me. <laughs> I used to eat at the would and should when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, they had great mojo potatoes. Oh, yeah. God, remember their scrambles? <laughs> You get to throw the peanut shells right on the floor. Oh, it's great. I would get a peanut shell omelet. So fantastic. Wow, this is a yes and party. <laughs> okay, we need a place you'd go on vacation. Um, folks, before we get into the, into it, this is episode 358. This is the Comedy Film Nerds Podcast. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. That is the lovely dulcet tones of Doug Benson from the Doug Loves Movies Podcast, ladies it and gentlemen. It doesn't get more dulcet than my tones. <laughs> uh, Real quick, Earbuds is for sale at ComedyFilmNerds.com. Doug Benson is in it. Yes, I am, so you got to watch it. One of the Kickstarter backers. Yes. So you want him to get his money back. Yes, yes. I suggest. come on. Make the EP happy. (laughs) Come on, you guys. I need my money back. Seriously. (laughs) Do it for Doug. Uh, We are also in the middle of uh, negotiating a distribution deal, so it will be available on other platforms. Yes. But we don't know exactly when, so... Mm. Uh, cut the bullshit and go to comedyfilmers.com. Yes. Download started seven ninety nine. Yep, and uh, we've seen an uptick in sales for sure. What because we had some great reviews on Film Threat. Graham and I have been on other podcasts, and also Graham has been audience shaming you guys into buying more. And I don't care which one of those is working. Yeah. We're happy with the results. Works. So yeah. if that is the one that's working, there's still <laughs> tens of thousands of you that haven't bought this. So uh, if you. Got to start buying hard copies because uh, there's a thing called stocking stuffers, and you're yes. going to need them yeah. in 
10 months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like to it, thank, is, uh, it is the great thing. Yeah. You just buy five of these and just let them sit in a pile. That's why we wanted to thank Karen for buying 20. Yeah, there was Karen. Because I've done that when I travel. Like, I'll just see, like, oh, uh, I'm in Australia. I'm going to just get six Tim Tams, and then right. some someone's going to get that five months from now, and they'll, they'll, and then, still, they'll uh, taste fine. Yeah, and then two of them we eat. Yeah, we're on the airport. Yeah. Or at the very least, you'll have trouble getting back into the country. Yeah, because you have too of many all Tim the Tim Tams. Tams. You seem like you're some sort of shifty Tim Tam yeah. distributor. I'm Sir, a Tim why, Tam. why did you need every flavor? <laughs> I've been Are these mule- filled with cocaine? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm a Tim Tam mule. Yeah. I've been mule Tim Tams for a while. Speaking of Tim Tam mules, Tim let's get Tam, it. thank you, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, let's, here's what we every year where each one of us is we're going to go through the five nominees and we're going to give our will win and what we think should win. Sometimes they're the same, sometimes they're different. As part of uh, Doug Loves Minis, I've uh, put out a challenge to all the listeners to that podcast where it's called the DLM Oscar Challenge, hashtag DLM Oscar Challenge. And uh, uh, there's about 62 different films of varying lengths that are nominated from, you know, 15 minutes to eight hours. How long's the OJ thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I put out the challenge, see if anybody can see all of it. And uh, wow. I certainly will not succeed. No. Uh, but I'm, you know, I've, I've seen more this year than I, I think I ever have. And sometimes you're stopped by um, old distribution models who won't allow you to see them in time right they're just yeah. like yeah. there's one theater in the middle of nowhere or something that you can't get it or oh yeah. this should be on demand so i could watch it before the oscars oh it isn't but uh some of the people are doing pretty pretty well at that and if uh, you're listening and you haven't hashtagged it and uh, notified me let me know how you're doing mm-hmm. and uh i'll update it all the way up until uh until they start giving out the gold. <laughs> wow. Are you are you doing some red carpet work this year? Is that, did he hire you? Holy shit. I'm, uh, you know, I'm nothing but a promotion machine for Ampus. <laughs> All right, guys, let's start. Animated feature film. The uh, uh, nominees are Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life as a Zucchini, The Red Turtle, Zootopia. Strong category this year. Strong category. Mm-hmm. Some definitely really good animated films. Uh, I'm going to go with Kubo and the Two Strings for sure. Uh, Will and Should Win. I thought that movie was amazing. Interesting um, Finding Dory not here. So it's a little. Well, little, Doug, little you Pixar had a theory snap. on why the Finding mm-hmm. Dory wasn't nominated. Because it's a stinking sequel. I didn't even go see it. Did you see it, Chris? I did see it, yeah. And? It was good. You know, yeah. it was, you know, Pixar has a certain level of quality that they most of the time hit. Uh, was it as good as the first one? No, but it was still. It was, I mean, it how much good. can you take of a fish that can't remember what happened three seconds ago? Oh, it's not too much. You know what? It's, <laughs> I mean, it, it was a good amount in the first one. Yeah, but to, to make the next movie all about it expands a little bit more. Fish. But here's the thing. I mean, you know, Nemo and Marlin are in it a fair amount, and uh, that's so, good. So it's not. I really love Albert Brooks's voice as a yeah. cartoon. But character. It, to me, it's also like you look at these five films nominated. They're all very interesting and different, and then why would you just go with the sequel of something we've already right. seen? I mean, Zootopia was fantastic. You know, Moana really liked. And now I've been saying on the podcast before, I've been trying to find the Red Turtle. It's been really hard to find. It's like one uh, movie theater in Los Angeles playing at like, you know, mm-hmm. one or two screenings. And this is a great example of if 
these movies were on demand before the Oscars, so many people would buy them. I'd, I, I, I would totally be watching this on the demand. The studios should really yeah. pay attention to that. Like, and just put these, like, and, and have an Oscar-nominated on-demand right. category. It's a marketing Yeah, because four of these are not going to win, and three of them are, are you know, uh, smaller. You know, they're not right. from uh, right. Pixar, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Disney. So uh, they should really make all the effort. Like, I see uh, billboards around L.A. for Kubo and the Two Strings, so those are trying to remind the Academy voters. Right. Mm-hmm. But my, for me, Kubo and the Two Strings was beautiful to look at, but I thought that the uh, voice casting wasn't that great. I didn't think Charlize Theron as a, as a monkey whatever kind of monkey that was supposed to be. Uh, I, I, just, I just wasn't feeling it. Like, I just couldn't mm-hmm. get into it in the same way that I got into Zootopia. I think Zootopia mm-hmm. is the one that the most Academy members will have seen. The one, the <laughs> one with the most just overall buzz. It was the biggest hit of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's just an easy thing for them to mark. So you're going to uh, I'm going I'm going uh, will win and should win. Would should. Okay. I'm going to split am I I my should win is Kubo and the Two Strings. I just loved it. I loved the, the story. I loved the whole Yeah, well you're into the right. uh the martial arts aspect of I'm it. I'm a martial arts weirdo, so I like that. And I like the fantasy dark aspect yeah. of it. So I I loved it. I, I didn't mind a Charlize Theron monkey. Monkey uh, voice. <laughs> I just uh, I didn't You know what I mean? Like was Pat Morita busy? <laughs> 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 what if the answer was yes? <laughs> but my will win, in my opinion, is Moana just because of it got such – it did well. It had a lot of uh, – I, I, I think the the girl power theme of it is going to resonate more with um, Academy members. That's my that's my guess. That's a, It's a uh, very uh, tough category. I saw you at the theaters the other night at the uh, animated short films, Graham. Yes, sir. And uh, so do you see the trailer for My Life is a Zucchini before those? Yeah. And uh, would you want to sit through that entire motion picture after seeing that trailer? Wow. I was good. Yeah. I I was like, I saw enough of that. It's got a very interesting look. But Mm -hmm. I just. It's also very short. I think it's like 60 some minutes. Oh, okay. It's like barely a feature. It, It. it's uh, what's it got to be to be a feature? Seventy, maybe? I don't know. It's like it's a it weird. Was, I like, thought it was eighty. Or so 80. did I. But I thought animation. There might be a different rule. Maybe. Uh, they might yeah. let him go a little shorter. My but. life is a zucchini. I, yeah, exactly. I saw the trailer and I was like, well, this looks interesting. But then it's it seems like it would be too much after a while. Versus, and not not that an animated movie can't be too dark or too heavy. That doesn't have to be exclusively kid themed. But this one seemed. I don't know. So, yeah. So, for your Oscar pools on animated feature film, you're on your own. <laughs> we cannot agree on this one. It, it really does. Yeah. I, I think My Life is a Zucchini or Red Turtle would be a big surprise. 70 minutes. 70 minutes. Yeah. But that's like the exact minimum. Okay. It's like, all right, make the credits yeah. longer. Yeah. Have you a know? couple songs over <laughs> yeah. the credits and list people that might come see it. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> you look for your name. <laughs> All right, animated short film. Now, Doug, you and I both saw this at the exact same time, unbeknownst to us, mm-hmm. uh, at the wonderful uh, New Art, which... Uh, yeah, they're animated. running these short films for animated and for the uh, live action for, um, uh, I think, another week or so. Right. Uh, two weeks total. So, And it was a, a nice turnout there. Some idiots brought children. 
Uh, <laughs> there were people behind us. Because even the ones that are kids safe are just weird. They're yeah, not necessarily matter. for kids. Yeah. I think one out of the five is something that children yeah. should appreciate. Yeah, Piper, because like. it was a Pixar one. Yeah, right. and it was before. It was cute. They showed it before Moana, I believe. Yeah. I think that was It was one. attached yeah, yeah. to Moana. Yeah. So there was the movies were Piper, Pearl, Pear Cider, and Cigarettes, Borrow Time, and Blind, uh, blind va- uh, Vasha. Vash, yeah. I, they said it a bunch of times in the in the and I can't remember how they pronounce it. Vaisha? I think like it was like the, Vaisha. Vaisha. The superhero slash Indian mm, god. No. One? No. Okay. Wait. I'm no. thinking of a different one. The no. one that was in front of Finding Dory. Vaisha was some sort of. Oh no no the the, the uh, Piper's the only um, okay. Pixar one. Okay. So whatever was before Finding Dory was uh, not nominated. Uh, Pearl is a kind of a cute look yeah. at a, a father daughter th- situation and colorful animation, but not it didn't the animation didn't appeal to me really. Yeah, it was the, the Pearl was interesting and it was sort of you know it was it was it was like you say it was nice uh, father daughter and it all surrounds uh, surrounds this car that they kind of grew up in and how the life interacts within the car. So that was cute, but it it wasn't like they were all good. There was nothing on the uh, on these nominees that I went, eh, what is this doing here?" Which was the most kid unfriendly? Well, <laughs> the pear cider and cigarettes, they they warn the crowd twice, "Get your kids out of the room," and they play it last in the program. Mm-hmm. And last year they did that or maybe the year before, but one year it was for a movie where it was two naked guys with swords just uh, beating the crap that out of each other. That, that was, was last year. It was super violent, and they, both men were naked the entire time, so their dongs are swinging around. So I get telling the kids to get out of there. Right. But Pear Cider and Cigarettes has like a reference to pussy. You see like a lady's bush at one point very quickly. But the way it's animated, and the, the I mean, I just don't imagine a kid even caring about it enough to, to sit yeah. through it and pay attention. So it was kind of weird that they made a big deal like get out of there. It even, I even have the listing. It said, a film contains violence, sex, drugs, and rock and roll and is not recommended for children. <laughs> oh, that's fun. You throw in rock and roll. <laughs> you can't, kids can't hear rock and roll. Now but, as an uh, adult, I well, want to see that. Well, now. this one is 35 minutes. It's All 35 the goddamn minutes. Wow. And I, I, they even tell you before it starts how long it is. And I was sitting there the whole time going, when is this going to end? That's half a zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the animation on that one is beautiful. Like really cool looking. It's this cool layer. They do really cool, this sort of layered style where... Mm. It's, you know, like there's a scene where he's like skateboarding on a street and then the stars, it's at night and it's these very cool layered stylized, the the voice actor that they cast, I thought would did a great job because it's all about this guy techno who is a problem guy. I just couldn't stand that they, the character was, that he keeps speaking about is named techno and he says techno like at least 50 times. And, the, and every sure. time I'm like, why is he called techno? It's just some old drunk, you know, like why is he called techno? But <laughs> but other than that, it, it, the animation did look really cool and uh, you were telling me an interesting theory or maybe fact, Chris, before yes. we started recording that the longest short usually wins uh, for live action. They, they oh, not for animated. No, the, animated. It doesn't matter. How yeah, long it the is. the thing about live action shorts is it, it's generally it's the longer ones tend to get the academy's attention, and the ones that generally win are the longer um, live action. Because all the live action shorts are uh, practically the same length. One is half the length of them, but they're all around thirty minutes. So that'll be interesting. But before we get to that, Blind Vasha is kind of a parable thing and the animation was uh i don't want to say messy but it was like a, a lot of lines 
And it was, it sort was of, almost like watching paintings come to life. Yeah, it was like deliberate. It was that sort of like Picasso-ish char- a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Picasso charcoal drawing kind of come to life. And it was really, uh, it really makes you think because it was about a woman who was born with one eye sees the past and one eye sees the future, oh, cool. and so she's like can't ever see the moment that she's in. Yeah, it's definitely like a thing that all humans get caught up in as we stress over the past and whatever, worry about the future and. Yeah, and then there's just a bunch of scenarios that are that are really, really creepy. It's like she her vision is that she's just watching the very middle of uh, Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> and then Borrowed Time is is like a complete bummer. They should have showed that movie. Uh, they should have attached that to screenings of Up because mm-hmm. it's about as sad and depressing as oh, the, that's first, the kid who... first few minutes of Up. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. At, like another reason why you shouldn't have kids. That one's more upsetting to kids than the pair. For sure. Pair cider and cigarettes. The guy yeah. kills his dad. <laughs> it's... Spoiler. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can you spoil something when it's only five minutes long or eight minutes long? Gonna be able to see it. <laughs> and you probably won't see it. Uh, t- t- so what were you? What was your? What's so your the bottom point? line is that this thing Piper is a cute little baby, uh, you know, seabird that learns uh, that learns how to uh, feed crap. itself. Yeah. yeah, on the beach, and it's just the animation, like Pixar. It's like Pixar is just showing off at this point because mm-hmm. the water and the feathers on the bird. And all of it is just the, the animations. Technologically, it's amazing. An it's just amazing, and it's short, and it's cute. So I just, I just see, I just give it the would and the should. Right, Piper. Uh, even though I'd rather see some more independent things get in there and win than, than just was, something that Pixar made. I think right? I was thinking too of like San, Sanjay Super Team. I think that was with Good Dinosaur, but that was like a year before. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I wonder I, I, how often P- Pixar wins when they're in the in the race for these. As far as shorts go, oh, yeah, man. it's that's a good question. I'm not sure. I, they know, usually they're usually it? nominated every year. I, I'm gonna I'm going with Pear Cider and Cigarettes just because I love the style of it. I love the voice casting. It stood out. It stood out from everything else that we saw. Even the bonus ones because these five don't add up to 90 minutes. So they put in a couple bonus ones that were interesting, um, like previous winners. Or previous uh, years? Uh, they didn't say whether they won or not, but they were just like, here's some other good ones. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I got to say, the animated shorts program in general, it, it flew by, but I didn't love any of them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I, I was much more into the live action shorts because mm-hmm. we I saw those in, in one sitting. So I spent about... Uh, Four hours pushing the four hours yeah. watching the, all the shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I saw Graham after the animated ones. I was like, "You gonna stay and see the live action?" He was like, mm. <laughs> "So two, with, two hours and twenty minutes of mm-hmm. short films." I don't know. Well, I, I will say I did see Piper. I liked it. Everything you said, I agree with. It's it looks beautiful. It's cute. It's fun. But uh, I don't know. I think pear cider and cigarettes just sounds more like it was more interesting. So this is a uh, pure speculation on my part, but I'm going to go with uh, pear cider and cigarettes. As your wood As and wood should. should. Will, will and should. Mm-hmm. Should will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> will and should, yeah. All right. 
Live action short, we have Enemis Interius. Weird name. Which means uh, enemies within. Enemies within. La Femme at la TGV, which means... It means women at HGTV. <laughs> yeah, Home and Garden TV. TGV is the name of a uh, train uh, line right. uh, and wherever that takes place. Silent Nights, <laughs> uh, Sing, France, and Time Code. Oh, uh, yeah, and Silent Nights is from Denmark and... Uh, Sing is from Hungary and Timecode is from Spain. Timecode is easily the uh, the most easily digestible because it's only fifteen minutes long and it's got a, a really uh, cute premise. Uh, a lady night guard starts seeing on the uh, on her monitor when she looks at uh, periods of time when she wasn't there. The other guard uh, goes into the uh, parking lot and different spots where the cameras are set up and, uh, just dances around, like just, <laughs> just very, very fluid, uh, dancing. And then, uh, you know, what happens after that is, you know, how, how she responds to that. And it's called time code because they leave messages for each other. Like, look, look at this screen at this time uh, to see what I oh, left cool. you. Yeah. And so it's, uh, it's pretty cool, and it's only 15 minutes long, and it's light, and it's fun. The uh, three out of the other four are like, uh, I don't want to say bummers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just to give you a brief idea what they're, what they're each about, uh, the, um, the Enemies Within is just basically like one long interrogation of a man who wants to uh, – live in France by a French interrogator. And it's pretty timely considering the immigrant situation going on in the world. Oh, is he like a refugee from Syria or something like that? He's, uh, or he's, is he a terrorist? He's lived there his whole life, but he's from, uh, I want to say Algeria. Oh. And so they're, um, he wants to apply for citizenship, but they're now they're like suspect. Like, why do you want to be a citizen now? You know, when you wow. already live here, you already speak French. You know, and then they start talking to him about, have you been to a mosque and who did you talk to at the mosque? And it, it gets pretty intense and it's uh, it, it's well done. And then the uh, the TGV one uh, is about a lady who just uh, sticks her head out the window and waves at the same train every day. And then the conductor reaches out to her through he throws a letter out the window of the train uh, saying how much he likes uh, seeing her out there every day and she's old and kind of a curmudgeonly lady so she gets very excited about having this new friend who's a train conductor who mm. drives by all the time and it's pl the actress that plays it is uh, as an old she's an older lady her name's Jane Birkin and she was uh, James Bond girl in um, Fear Eyes Only oh wow, oh, wow. Okay. and was married to and had a kid with uh, um, John Barry the guy who wrote the music for most of the James Bond movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but that was interesting to find out a after I watched it. I didn't rec while I was watching, I was like, this must be like some famous French actress and I'm just not sure. And then when her name came up, I was like, oh yeah, I've heard of her. Uh, Silent Nights is uh, another one that's got an immigration kind of uh, slant to it. Um, it's about a, uh, where are they? They're in Denmark and this white woman works at a uh, soup kitchen and she meets a black uh, immigrant and falls in love with him. And it's the uh, it's about their relationship and him trying to send money home to his family. And uh, probably the most emotional uh, mm. of them in terms of like how you feel at the end of it. And with the immigration angle, uh, I just think that Silent Nights is, is the one to beat. But my favorite 
should is sing. Um, and that is about, um, it's from Hungary and it's about a kid's choir where uh, there's a new girl at the school and the choir teacher, they've come, they got a big competition coming up and the choir teacher takes the girl aside and says, you're not good enough for our choir. You're new and we'll, you know, we'll work you into it. But for now, just lip sync the songs. Don't <laughs> sing out loud. And it rocks the girl's world because she thinks she can sing and she wants to sing and she's bummed out about it. And, and, <laughs> and the, the result, what happens, uh, you know, the, the solution to the situation is really, uh, is really great. So your should is Silent Nights and your will is sing or vice versa? My will is Silent Nights and my should is sing. I, I really like sing a lot, but you know, uh, it's because it's, it ends up being very sweet, whereas everything else is, you know, and time code is also very charming. So I, I don't, I have no idea how these, how the Academy members, like they're five very different things. Right. How do you decide which one's the best? You know, uh, especially when who's going to the trouble of seeing all five. I wanted to jump up at the new art and go, who here's going to actually vote? You know, who are there Academy members here? Or are we all just people that want to do good in the Oscar pool? <laughs> I'm going to go, just based on what you said, I'm going to go should and will enemy within. Yeah, I, I really think it could go that way because it's really, um, it's really interesting. Chris? I'm going to go will enemy within, but should time code. Ooh. I really like the, uh, the premise of that one. Cool. All right. Chris Mancini going out on a wire, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're going to go to... Only with the shit. Yeah. Film editing. The movies are Arrival, Hell or High Water, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, and Moonlight. This is uh, always an interesting category because, you know, uh, long, boring movies somehow get in there. <laughs> like, the first thing the editor should do is make sure it's not long and boring. <laughs> My opinion. No, these are all... I haven't... Hacksaw Ridge is the only one I haven't seen. I, I To me, it's like I've seen uh, all of these except Moonlight, and uh, a, Hacksaw Ridge is decent. I think sometimes the editing gets... The action movie sometimes gets the edit thing just because they the Academy members are like, oh, quick cutting. That gets it. That's what good editing is. Whereas Yeah, um, that's that's a good uh a good point, but it's interesting that there's really only one, you know, real action movie of the five, and I just feel like I feel like editors nominated these five, but the whole Academy is not over Mel Gibson. Like, I don't think they give right. him anything. Even I'm surprised he Nominations got... is surprising. I know. I, 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 was, a, I was shocked. <laughs> but that's the... because just actors can look at Andrew Garfield and go, that guy's amazing. Right. And just editors can look at the editing. Right. You know, but... And then, of course, uh, it did get the Best, best Picture pi- nomination. That blew me away. That's pretty surprising. So... I, uh, yeah. So that's certainly a possibility, but I just feel like in this case, and I, I, you know, I'm an unapologetic La La Land lover. So I just think, based on um, the fact that uh, it got so many nominations and is probably going to win so many things, I think it's going to fall under the. Uh, I think it's just going to get caught up in the uh, in people's ballots of just going down the line and 
And, uh, and even though La La Land, one thing against it for editing is how many long takes they do in it. Right. But then that's also a choice to go, you know, that the editor has to decide if, well, maybe we should have, you Especially know, when you're doing used the a, coverage. A musical, then you have rhythmic editing, you have different types of editing that you're using. I think La La Land is a should and will. Um, you know, the other movies are all decently edited for sure, but I, I can't say out of... Uh, Arrival these, is so leisurely paced, Yeah, though, I, I can't see where the editing editing. really stands I out know. for me in any of these movies, It, do, it does really. I mean, I mean... Like Hell or High Water, to me, Hell or High Water is a fantastic acting movie, and it's a really well-written movie, but there isn't any sort of like edits in there. It's a well-put-together film. I'm glad it's getting a Best Picture nomination, but like I, I agree. I think La La Land, the magic of it, part of the magic of it is the editing. Well, the structure, the structure. It's, you know, yep. and you, you know, you just don't, you, you got to assume most of the structure was in the script or the director had it right. intended, mm-hmm. but it's still the way, the way the two stories come together at the beginning is great. And then the ending with the going back and, you know, taking the turn you didn't take and seeing it is all the editing timing too. It, it really is. I, I, yeah, I agree. I think the editor uh, enhanced the, the, the story and what was shot. With the editing, so so we're all going a yeah. will and should, should. and would. This will for... be the start of La La Land's sweep. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't know how far it'll go or how long it'll last because usually what happens is movies like that start to sweep and then they, as we get to the bigger words, they start to peter off. Yeah. Well, let's get. Well, into... it's you know they're boned in the acting categories because there was no supporting performances. Right. <laughs> Every supporting yeah. character <laughs> was lucky to have one, more than one scene. Right. <laughs> Costume design. <laughs> Mary Zofries, Murray Verilariano's wife. La La Land, Madeline Fontaine for Jackie. Consolata Boyle and Florence Foster Jenkins. Colleen Atwood, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Joanna Johnson and Allied. I, I'm i not just saying this because I know Mary <laughs> and, and, and Murray and, and they're cool and I've been to their house. I think this is, as you guys just said, this is a part of the La La Land sweep. Uh, I think we'll get further in what my thoughts, why it's not going to win the bigger ones. But I think this is the first time Mary Zofries wins this because in other cat, she was nominated for true grit. And I think in the past, it's sort of been period piece. And usually the, like Colleen Atwood wins or somebody like that wins for big, big costumes, big designs. And I think this year, I think La La Land is so stylized and that she's going to actually when Allied is like it's World War II garb like I don't I don't well you know period films are always like this yeah. is uh strangely doesn't have like the typical period film right. in the top 5 but it also <laughs> It's just there's no woman in Victorian gowns movie here. Right. Also, but these it's La La Land, and then four movies that got very little action in other categories. Right. Uh, you know, so it's very costume specific, and I just think that the the membership, everyone that's a member of the Academy, seen La La Land. Yes. But right. these other four movies, there's going to be people that skip them for one reason or another. Yes. And you could go, you know, Jackie's great because uh, Jacqueline Kenny Onassis mm-hmm. was. Uh, you know, uh, fashion plate and, uh, you know, and uh, so her outfits are obviously, it's important to get those right. But I don't get the Florence Foster Jenkins, a bunch of dudes in tuxedos and yeah. Meryl Streep yeah. has dumb outfits. And... I will say this. Uh, I'll probably, <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably I the only one. I want to sing. <laughs> I'm a singer. 
<laughs> did you see Fantastic Beasts? I did. Oh, okay. Oh, you did see it. Okay. So, uh, you know, the costumes are great, but, you know, and it is a, a Here, period thing. Here's why I think that uh, that one might win, is because when you have Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, it's a double costume challenge, because not only are you having period pieces and period costumes, they're hyper-realized, and then you add a magic element into it. So you have to have period pieces, but also wizards and you have everything from the production design to the costume designs there so i think that's one of the reasons it got nominated and i think that's also why it might win i think i look i think that's all compelling evidence plus you have colleen atwood she just always wins but i think this is the year and i agree with doug on this one Mm -hmm. not enough of the academy members saw the movie Saw Fantastic Beasts. Right. And of them, who did he even speak to? Because I, I found it to be more of a children's movie than any Harry Potter movie. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And I it think just is a really tame... There, well, there were parts where it, it definitely had a tonal like problem. Like Dan Fogler ends up being the emotional center of it. Yeah. He's the comic relief. Well, what, what you have, like, you could tell there was definitely a tonal problem with it because you have those things, those scenes that were, oh, well, that's just for kids. Like when he's doing like a mating dance with it. But then you have these creepy execution scenes of how wizards execute people i'm like some of it was a little creepy yeah it's a (laughs) it's definitely got a creepiness to it but it's also um weird that it feels like a kid's movie and there are no kids in it right like there's no big Mm -hmm. parts for kids it was you know adults it was definitely like uneven but it was uh it was pretty to look at for sure so chris then your will and should is fantastic beast it is I'm going Will and Should for uh, La La Land. All right. Doug and I are on the La La Land train. Mm -hmm. You're welcome, Murray. (laughs) (laughs) Who will be there. Um, That's neat. And then, just so we know, Murray is our scheduled guest for the for after the Oscars. Oh, nice. So we'll get a whole... Insider juice. Boom. I like it. Um, Makeup and hairstyling. Oh, my God. It bothers me that two of these uh, (laughs) movies are anywhere near the words Academy Awards. (laughs) <laughs> a Man Called Ove, Star Trek Beyond, and Suicide Squad. Come on. Is there? A, I don't even... I saw fuck? A Man Called Ova, and I loved it. Can you pass on but the category? I don't even, <laughs> like, the guy that plays Ova is an old guy, but I guess they made him look a little older than he really is or something. I don't even know why it's in the category. Uh, maybe I just don't remember the movie right, but I just don't think the makeup and hairstyling was that big of a deal. Those were the choices? That's all we had? It, yeah. For 2016? Three movies? Yeah, for hair, makeup, it and, seems and those odd. three. It seems like, I mean, Suicide Squad, uh, is it because, you know, Killer Croc is a is a serious makeup job, I guess. And then, you know, they had to paint, what's her name, uh, Margot Robbie's face. And, uh, you know what I mean? I just don't think of it as a I... makeup movie. I mean, a lot of tats on, uh, on that one guy, but... I, now, you I could don't, argue Doctor Strange should be there then. I have the weird no, makeup in Doctor Strange. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I have no feeling about this other than it'll be really weird to call Suicide Squad or Star Trek Beyond an Oscar winner. Yes, it will. So that's why I just sort of am leaning towards A Man Called Ova because it's, it, it, it's such a good movie. Right, you just think they're going to give it to the obscure foreign movie. But just... maybe less seen by everybody. Although, why would everybody see Suicide Squad? They're adults. I go Star Trek. For that, for that reason. Because I think Star Trek will and should win only because... A lot of green people running around, right? Yeah, crazy, you know, a lot of prosthetics. I wonder if it was nominated or won either of the previous two times, uh, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. I bet you mm. it's been nominated Might before. have been. I'm yeah. sure it was. Also, um, no Star Wars movie in here either. Right. For makeup yeah. and hairstyling. I know. Well, because I think also that they probably sit there thinking a lot of it is 
CG, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I know. I would have put Rogue One in there. Yeah, you got to, you know, 70s hairstyle. It's period piece. They always just do three in this category, <laughs> yeah. which is like already admitting that it's going to be a stretch. <laughs> so, man, yeah, this is tough. I'm going to go uh, should for Ova. <laughs> But Will for Star Trek. I think you Ooh. talked me into it, Graham. All right. Chris? I'm going to go A Man Called Ove for, for Should and Will. Really? Ooh, mm-hmm. Chris going double down mm-hmm. on the Should Will. All right, folks. Let's get on up to visual effects. <laughs> Deepwater Horizon, Doctor Strange, The Jungle Book, Kubo and the Two Strings, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Now, this is interesting. Like, The Jungle Book, were those visual effects or was it just an animated movie? You know, well, like where... it's entirely visual effects because they shot the little boy on green screen mm-hmm. and then yeah. added everything. So if anything, it's the, probably the most complicated effects right. movie of the five, even though it's like, even though they're five, 10% live action, that's it. Deepwater horizon. That's out. Right. Yeah. Even though I, I saw it on a plane the other day and, uh, was pretty entertained by Good it. Good plane movie. Yeah. All right. I thought it was real. You haven't seen it. No, it's, it's very, it's like, it's got Peter Berg sort of like, uh, you know, uh, Friday Night Lights kind of like naturalistic acting. Lots right. of good actors. Right. You know, Kurt Russell's got a big part in it. And, um, you know, and Don, and, uh, and Mark Wahlberg, you know, he's he, apparently he has to save the day and every real thing that ever happened. <laughs> but, <coughs> and if there's excuse plans. me, but um, it's, uh, it's just a well-told, like, I, I didn't understand what they're talking about a lot of time. There's a lot of jargon about the the rig and how it mm-hmm. works and everything. Uh, John Malkovich is like the character, the typical disaster movie character that's the one saying, no, we got to go ahead. We can't do any more safety checks. Yeah. We got we to save money for the company. Mm-hmm. And he does it with a funky <laughs> accent. And so it's, I, I found it pretty entertaining, but I just don't, I don't see it beating these other movies. You for, know, in that movie, there had effects. to be a scene. No safety checks. I wonder what's going to happen next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Kurt Russell and uh, Mark Wahlberg, their characters are standing around going, uh, this is bad. Yeah, yeah. You guys are terrible. <laughs> it's like, and then, you know, it's like every Vietnam movie where somebody goes, boy, after America wins this war, we're going to clean up. <laughs> oh boy. I don't know if that happens. <laughs> um, but you know, Doctor Strange. It's hard to beat the visuals in that. That's pretty for uh, me impressive. I think it's a toss up between Strange and Rogue One. And you think Rogue One just because people there's just enough fondness for Star Wars that. And I also think in the marketing and the promotion of it, you just saw like the the fighting on the beach. Like right. we've never like all that stuff. Amazing effects. Amazing effects. Yeah. The the. the the planets and the the Death Star in the background and, and all the exploration of kind of new worlds in the Star Wars universe, I think, makes it been. But, I, like, I won't be surprised if Jungle Book or Doctor Strange win it, but I'm going to just go, for me, and that's my favorite movie on this list, so I'm going to go will and should. For Rogue? Yeah, Rogue One. Yeah, I just, I'm starting to feel, and, you know, this is the sort of thing where... You can be completely wishy washy. I'm I'm committing. I'm going to commit all these to a actual like ballot at the Oscar party wherever I end up. Uh, uh, I'm going to commit to these now, even though there's still another week of speculation. Oh. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll take more than one ballot if I <laughs> change if I change my mind on any of these. But I'm really sitting here thinking that of these five movies, I would think your average sixty or seventy year old because that's 
probably the average age of Academy members, would just find the Jungle Book to be the most charming. Mm. And therefore just be like, yeah, Jungle Book. You know, I get that. It was a big hit. They did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, Kubo, I don't understand why an animated movie is in this category. Yeah, well, I love Kubo, but I don't know. I don't here, get it here's, here's why. Because it's a uh, stop motion animated movie, so it exists in the real world. And then they added visual effects on top of it. Okay. That's why. It, it's very, it looks great, that movie. So that's also a possibility. I think the only one you can rule out is Deepwater Horizon. I just yeah. Don't, I just don't see him giving it to explosions over. I think all it could be any of those of four. Ones. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it could be any of those four. Over. Well, guys, you got to tell me which you will and all should. Right. We got to put some pen to paper. I'm going Will Jungle Book. Oh, Doug Benson. My should, do, don't even worry about it. Whoa. <laughs> Doesn't matter. A vague should? <laughs> I'm going to split. Okay, I'll give Doctor Strange the should. Oh, oh, Dougie Strange. I'm going to reverse Doug. I'm going to go Doctor Strange will. Jungle Book should. Mm. Chris and Doug flip a coin on Doc Strange in the Jungle Book. I go all in on Rogue One. Visual effects. Lock it in. Yeah, this is going to be... This is a category that's going to separate us. Yeah. This Only is... Only one of us will win in this category. This is, this is going to... Or none of us. None of us. Yes. Or, or Kubo's going to win. Kubo all... slides in there. <laughs> Production design, the movies are... I up. just think if they had gone and had three strings, it would be more likely to... <laughs> <laughs> they just skimped on the yeah. strings. <laughs> Spend the money. Uh, production design, Arrival, Fantastic Beasts, Hail Caesar, La La Land, Passengers. Now, I will say this category, very strong for production design. And you right. look at it like, wow, so makeup yeah. and hairstyling couldn't figure out another. I don't know why, actual... why couldn't make, well, Hail yeah. Caesar couldn't get a nod yeah. for makeup yeah. or production something? Production design, all these, as much as I didn't like Arrival, um, you know, the it's, production it's, design is amazing. It's really cool. And also, Hail Caesar was a kind of, we talked about that one at length while, you know, we had mixed feelings about it. Uh, production design, again, is beautiful, old Hollywood. Um, La La Land is great. Even Passengers, which I really didn't like as a film, the production design, design is amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah. And so, Fantastic Beasts, uh, same cri- um, comment as it was under here over costume design. You have to do a production design that has not only period, but also magic and hyper realism. So I thought um, that is also strong. I think La La Land cancels out Hail Caesar because they're both in that same sort of classic Hollywood style. Yes. And La La uh-huh. Land, as we've talked about, is watched. This is part, it's part of its sweep. I mm-hmm. think if there is a place where somebody could upset a La La Land, it might be here with something like either Passengers or Arrival. But my heart Passengers leaves people so cold. I know that like to 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 be excited about anything about it is hard. Right. I, I think you're right, and I think I think it just nomination is as far as it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shock. I mean, not shocked it got the nomination because it, it, the production design is spectacular, mm-hmm. but it's uh, you know. Now, how angry are you if you're a production designer on, like, say, like Passengers, and like, look, I did my job, fellas. <laughs> yeah, you fault. guys. <laughs> well, I guess they should be excited to get the get the nomination. Yeah. You know, to at least get at least uh, production designers. Uh, if only the movie around it. what I was building was better. Yeah, <laughs> if only more effort was put into the script. Right. Was put into my production <laughs> well, that's where I, again, I think. You know, just in sheer walking out of there liking the movie, La La Land is more going to yeah. hit more buttons with more of the people. You know, it's been said before. Uh, I'm not saying anything new, but the Oscars love movies about movies. Yes, right. Of course. <laughs> it's just how it is. When I, yeah. a, I do, too. I watched La La Land yeah. the whole time going, I moved to L.A. For this. just like these people, and yes. I am and I have a career. And, I, 
you know, it's it's exciting. It's, it's the most. Ex- it makes you feel good about you know what you've done with your life. I love that depiction of Los Angeles. That like the, the, like the opening freeway scene that everyone's just dancing and going right. to an audition and shooting stuff and just like I love that depiction. And of saying LA. things like I came here just because I knew I had to, you know. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. and and also while we're here, uh, we're living in a beautiful place. Yeah, it's sunny every day. Mm-hmm. So no matter how shitty your day goes, it's always the, nice. the next day. It's gonna be sunny and you can go to a revival theater and watch Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not this Or you this could winter. go to the goddamn. Uh, no, it's true. Place where they shot it. We've all had the, <laughs> yes. the, the, the uh, any tough days, either when we first got here or now. And then you walk outside and do something awesome, and it's just like just avoid the sinkholes. Just <laughs> yeah, and it's in the floods. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think La La Land is just going to clean it. that. I'm it's it's my will and should. Uh, I'm going to go La La Land. Will Fantastic Beasts should. Oh, hey, you know what, Academy. This year, when La La Land keeps winning, don't play the same song every fucking time from the movie. You could play so many different things from that movie when the people are going up to accept. Why make it seem like, oh, God, that C- again? City of Stars. <laughs> yeah, every time. Well, speaking of that, let's go to original song, City of Stars from yes. La La Land. How Far I'll Go, Moana. Audition, The Fool Who Dreams from La La Land. La La Land has two in there. Mm-hmm. The Empty Chair, Jim... Uh, the James Foley story, Can't Stop the Feeling, Trolls. Ooh. Well, that troll song was a hit on the radio because it's Justin yes. Timberlake. Mm-hmm. And I, that's another great music video, by the way. That's another like awesome depiction of L.A., the Justin Timberlake. Can't stop this. Everyone's like Anna Kendrick's on the set. And- it was his version of Happy. Well, no, it's his, yeah, and it's also his La La Land because it yeah. shows everybody's like in a makeup chair on the set, the music mm-hmm. studio, like in a mansion. But the number of people that appreciate Trolls or even think that that song really has anything to do with the movie Trolls, I mean, I haven't seen it, but isn't it just like an end title song, or do they actually run around singing the song at one point? It actually, the movie incorporates music a little bit more than that, where it's like new songs, old songs, and uh, so it's... It's not incorporated like a real movie, but it is. But for an animated movie, it's like incorporated like a. Uh, but he doesn't. Uh, Justin Timberlake's troll doesn't sing it in the movie. Um, you know, I did, I did uh, zone out a couple places in the film <laughs> as I was watching with my children, so I, I don't remember. But I, I, I'm sure at some point that's he did still sing one it. I have yes. to see to complete the, the the challenge. Because that was the part, the whole thing. Justin Timberlake's character, he's grumpy. He doesn't want to sing. Hmm. Wonder what's gonna happen yeah, later. I know. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna. As faulty as my memories, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he probably did sing the song somewhere in the movie. Um, it doesn't. I don't think it hurts with anybody that Lin Manuel Miranda wrote the song I know. in in Moana. Like it's almost like, right. boy, we'd really like to hear his accepted speech yeah. this year, you know, and give him the egot. He will be uh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony if he wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, he's the emotional choice, but then again, La La Land. I mean, City of Stars is it's that's a total earworm. You yeah. can't get out of your head when you once you've heard it. And uh... <laughs> earworm like Wrath of Khan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but that audition song, I, that's my should win. But I think my will win is going to be City of Stars. My should win is Can't Stop the Feeling, just because I love that song and mm-hmm. I put it on uh, repeat. Uh, and might drive my girlfriend insane, but uh, <laughs> I could listen to that song over and over and over and over. My will win is City of Stars. Okay. 
I'm going to go. I really, really like the song City of Stars. Now, I will say I do like a lot of these other songs as well. Uh, I, I do like Can't Stop the Feeling. and None uh, of us I, have heard actually, The Empty Chair from Jim no. the James Foley story. <laughs> and, no one uh, ever will. How Far I'll it's Go, I really like too. But, but that's, uh, you know, I, I, I bet that movie's quite And uh, I will say the thing moving. about Trolls, Trolls was um, a little more watchable than I thought it would be. So except it wasn't like, sleeping. except when I was uh, zoning out. Yeah. <laughs> except for uh, like, it wasn't like, it wasn't Angry Birds level. It All was right. actual, um, you could watch it. So I'm still going to go with, uh, since I did enjoy La La Land and the music so much, I'm going to go with Shoot and Will, City of Stars. Ooh, all right. Doubling up. Mm-hmm. So Doug, tell me again, you went audition as your should? Yeah, and uh, my will is uh, City of Stars. Okay. Original score, Justin Hurwitz, La La Land. Mika Levy, Jackie. Nicholas Brittell, Moonlight. Volker, Brittleman, and Dustin O'Halloran, Lion. Uh, Thomas Newman, Passenger. Yeah, how did Passenger sneak in there Well, again? Thomas Newman is like, you know, uh, he's one, one of those, those names. guys that just is so good that uh, he's, you know, going to squeak in there. It's, it's, there's Atwood, there's Newman, there's Meryl Streep. There's just right. certain names that like, oh, they, they're going to get a nomination. Mm. Is that how Randy Newman gets one on occasion? Yeah, they, just, they split it up. <laughs> you know, if John Williams had done the score for Rogue One, maybe it would have gotten yeah. in there, but he just right. gets a, and also some of this music was written by this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some of these themes that we use repeatedly, <laughs> but the score is by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, at, you know, La La Land's the only musical on the list. Right. Everybody loves it. How can that? I'd How can that not happen? If, I'd be surprised if it didn't. Yeah, Cross I'm, the I'm, board. I'm WS on that. Yeah. One. Cross the board WS, right. Chris Graham Douglas. Done. Sound mixing. And uh, a special nod to the movie. The music in Jackie made the movie less entertaining for me. Not that the movie's supposed to be entertaining because it's very sad throughout. Mm. But I, I thought the score was so dreary and brought it down. And I wrote that on Twitter and somebody wrote back to me saying the score was the best thing in that movie. So uh, maybe I'm wrong. But was that a sarcastic? Well, Best thing in the movie. I don't know. It's just like, like no music from the time period. Like, didn't they walk by a somewhere where a radio was playing? (laughs) It's just a really only just. I mean, it's a it's a really stylized movie considering it's a biopic. It's uh, uh, or biopic as some people like to call them. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know, uh, to me, that was like a great example of a one woman show where it's just all about Natalie Portman, right? Which is why she might. We'll see. We'll get to that later. Sound mixing. Arrival. Hacksaw Ridge. La La Land. Rogue One. 13 hours. I swear, they explain the difference between sound editing and sound mixing every year. They oscar explain it to the viewers. (laughs) And I still don't really (laughs) have that firm of a grasp on it. Like, which, what's, how's it usually go, Chris? Like, what's, what kind of movie? Like, Uh, I know that there's a uh, distinction. The sound, the sound mixers. When they, uh, when you talk about these categories, whenever you talk to anybody in sound editing, they go, "Ah, the loudest movie ever always wins." Yeah. So, but mixing loudest. is more of how you do the levels, whereas editing is like what you're dropping in and how the sound is. Mixing is together. also your your. Now that's a very simplistic explanation. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that you get an audio it's guy so in here. Subtle. It'll go for thirty minutes. Uh, but, well, mixing it. is also the mixing of the dialogue, the effects, right. the sound, the music, mm-hmm. like. Everything that's happening. So everything's already there and you're putting it all together. Right. That's why it's usually, again, with this one, it's usually like a loud, a big action movie because there's dialogue happening. 
there's explosions, and there's music. And war movies a lot of times. That explains why 13 Hours and Hex, uh, 13 Hours specifically is in mixing, but not in editing. Right. Of the sound. Because editing can just be dialogue and music, or you know what I mean? This Mm -hmm. is mixing the whole thing, and what the the sound mixer is deciding to, well, I'm going to make whatever, these footsteps really loud in this quiet scene and you just hear birds, you know what I mean? It's it's stuff like that. So uh, to me, it's going to it's gonna be either Rogue One or Hacksaw Ridge is my guess. And this might be just the Hacksaw Ridge might be, as you were saying earlier, Doug, might, the only reason he that won't win is people might just go, mm, Mel Gibson, no way. Um, but that movie, if it, if it was Mel Gibson without it, same film, I would go Hacksaw Ridge just because it's a war movie. So there's like, there's planes, there's smoke, there's guys screaming, there's there's gunshots in the background, there's stuff blowing up in the foreground. Now, and, Arrival surprises me that it's in either of these categories because it's such a quiet film. But that sometimes, that's where the sound mixing people are involved in the nomination because they they went to Arrival and went, oh, shit. You know, because they know yeah. what's involved to make it that quiet. And the other thing that's interesting There's about, like a hum to it, isn't there? Yeah. When the aliens are uh... There's that little hum, and there's all these little sounds within the silence of that film, mm-hmm. which is, in my opinion, a good good sound mixing. Right. Okay. But you're an actor that got nominated once <laughs> years ago. Yeah. And you get to pick now yeah. what's going to win. <laughs> so I'm going, should... Rogue One will La La Land. Wow. I just think it's just like, yeah, that's a musical that's got sound and they mixed it together. There's tap dance and I'm going to vote for it. You know, I'm going to go with should and will with Rogue One because I think it was a really elaborate mixing. Um, and you know, you know. You, that could go in line with your loudest thing because it's certainly mm-hmm. up there with yes. 13 Hours and Hacksaw Ridge. Like Arrival and La La Land are pretty quiet by comparison. I'm going to go... But there's just... They're editing jazz. I know. Mm. Which is another interesting... Yeah, it's not easy. ...aspect of it. You know, musicals are not the easiest movies to edit in audio or visually. I'm going Arrival should. I'm going La La Land will. Whoa. All right. Sound editing. Arrival, Deepwater Horizon, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, Sully. Oh, yeah. You've never heard the sound of birds hitting an engine <laughs> edited edited so beautifully <laughs> that one you know this is the the subtleties between like well, I, it's just why are there five different things i mean why are there differences in these two categories it's bizarre how about sound mixing and editing we'll just have one yeah I mean, also, isn't it... Every sound designer listening to Grissom right now had a heart attack. But I think there's also a crossover in the teams that do these things. Of course there I've are. seen yeah. the same people get up twice in a row yeah. uh, on this, these there, There's a lot of people that literally do both. Right, and and half of these things are nominated in both. Right. <laughs> Categories, like... Yeah, but Deep Hider Horizon's in the editing one, and it's full of explosions and loud noises, so it's, uh, it's interesting that... Well, Rogue One dropped out of sound editing, too. Yeah. Um, so so e- editing has has to do with like lightsaber noises and yeah. stuff. <laughs> I'm going to go um, La La Land, should and will. I'm yeah, gonna... I have to do that too, I think. I'm going to go Sully, should, really? La La Land, will. All right. Ooh, I like okay. that. Um, now we have foreign language film, Tori Edmund, Germany, The Salesman, Iran, A Man Called Ovi. 
Sweden, Tana, Australia, and Land of Mine, Denmark. I'm going to go with The Salesman because that's the one I've heard of. <laughs> that's why. That's the one where the will, man who directed it will not be here to accept because he's boycotting because of the whole immigration ban. Right. That's why it's absolutely so, I, I But also, then nobody's going to say anything. Yeah. I also someone's like going to get uh, up and say you something. You think the person that's presenting that award, they'll pick somebody that's... Uh, Accepting oh, on gonna, his behalf <laughs> is this Oh, Sashin Littlefeather. Yes. <laughs> I don't think he'd send someone to accept on his behalf or, or even they would even pick somebody because he's making a point of just not being there. I don't think after what happened, after the- What if it was the Iron Sheik? Yeah. <laughs> but what Meryl Streep did at the Golden Globes and what that did, I think Hollywood feels obligated to have some big fuck you Trump speech by somebody and they're going to maybe use this. Somebody else will too, but I mean this yeah. the, the fact that he's banned he's not allowed to be here. Well, I no. haven't seen uh, I've only seen uh, one of these, but uh Land of Mine is playing in a theater in Los Angeles, so I'm going to try to see it this week. Uh Tony Erdman is a comedy from Germany that is 2 hours and 45 minutes long. Wow. That sounds hilarious. And it's like a relationship comedy with like I guess very slow building situations and stuff. Um, uh, the salesman's from Iran. It's the same guy who uh, I think he won for a separation uh, yes. a few years ago, which was uh, terrific. And so I love the premise I, I like of this his movie filmmaking. too. Yeah, um, where it's they're doing a play, Death of a Salesman, and then it bleeds over into their real life. Yeah, yeah, I think that sounds terrific. Um, I saw a man called Ova. I really liked it a lot. Uh, and then uh, I'm not uh, particularly familiar with Tana, but that's for, interesting uh, that a movie from Australia is a foreign language Ova. film. <laughs> yeah, isn't Man Called Ova? Did also makeup and hairstyling nominated? Yeah. So, but so for I'm going Wood and Should for Man Called Ova. Oh, I'm going Salesman Should and Will. All right. Uh, you know, I because it's not right, but it's just the one that I saw and, and did like a great deal. Documentary short, extrem extremis extremis or oh, extremis. Extermis. Yeah, you're right. Four point one miles. Joe's violins. Watani, my homeland, the White Helmets. Uh, two of these are available on Netflix, and they are Extermis, which is about uh, several cases of people who are on life support and the doctors dealing with it and talking to the families mm -hmm. about what they should do. Wow. So it's a lot of people sitting around going, do we unplug and just let nature take its course, or do we, you know... Uh, it's heartbreaking because the children of people who are dying just want to keep them alive, oh, uh, you know, regardless. It's you know? hard to watch. And the doctors have to sit around going, you know, they're just, they're not going to, you know, they're like, well, it's a miracle that they're still alive, you know. It's like, yes, but we take them off this machine. They will not be alive much longer. And so it's, it's uh, pretty depressing. And then the White Helmets is about uh, people going in to, to help in the Syrian bombing. And there is footage of uh, spoiler, but I just have to say it of a baby being successfully pulled out of rubble. Oh my god! So it is extremely intense. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> and and also of of a time. It's uh, it's very now that this shit is going on. Right. And, uh, I think that's why that's my it's my should and will because I think that the political poignancy of it, and I think that's in both. And when we get into the features as well, I think extremists, 
you know, personal stories are great, but I think this year and in years past, but this year more than ever now, since the election, everyone's becoming an activist in some form or another. I think movies that have like global or national political relevance are going to get the wins in my opinion. Yeah. And I just, uh, you know, what Tommy, my homeland sounds like it might, you know, fall under that, you know, who knows what these other ones are even, I haven't even read what they're about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, it's, this is not probably that helpful to people, but you've I, convinced me I'm, I'm going, going. Will should with white helmets. Me too. Just from what you guys have said. Documentary feature fire at sea. I am not your Negro life animated OJ made America 13th. I've seen three of these. I've seen, I am not your Negro OJ made America 13th. We heard it. We had a guest on Nate Gauthan talked about Life Animated, and I don't know much about Fire at Sea. Life Animated is terrific. It's about an autistic uh, young man who uh, he just uh, ended up living a better life because they figured out that uh, they figured out that showing him Disney cartoons uh, kind of unlocked Disney animated features like opened him up and Mm -hmm. made, made him able to interact with people. Uh, because of his love of them, and there, there's a scene where Gilbert Gottfried, who's the voice of the Yago. bird in uh, mm-hmm. Aladdin, there's a scene where he, you know, Gilbert Gottfried shows up, and oh, cool, and it's it's just a, a, extremely moving, and it's fun to see how excited the the kid is to you know to meet the voice from the movie, mm-hmm. and um, and it's just it's you know again it's uh, Hollywood kind of voting for itself, like uh, yeah, our movies help someone with autism, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, but uh, then again, I am not your Negro. Extremely powerful. I saw that in the theater, and it's just uh, um, it rocks your world, just in terms of you know how things have changed, but not not nearly enough. It's more what 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 <laughs> James Baldwin talks about in that movie from the seventies is more relevant today than when he said it, because America has just sort of put band aids on things, and that's why. In some ways, there's been a little bit of progress, but in some ways, it's worse than it's ever been. So, Just the way he's allowed to speak on Dick Cavett, it's not happening on TV no, at all. No. Uh, nobody gets to talk that way. Somebody's going to yell at you and argue with you if you right. if you speak that way. Dick Cavett. It's amazing. Was it talk, a panel talk show. And they're just sitting there smoking cigarettes and having like a very intelligent conversation, right. not a surface conversation And about I'm sure race. that was like between... A juggler or whatever else Dick Cavett had on there that 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 could be a variety show or a, or a late night talk show would be that kind of conversation, where a, this brilliant poet and social activist is allowed to just talk at great length. It's fantastic. I, I know to me, a fire at sea. I haven't seen it, but it's about capturing uh, life on the Italian island of Lampedusa, the front line of the European migrant crisis. Just to tell you what that. Yeah, so that's uh, you know, I'm sure that's you know got some power behind it. OJ Made in America is you know I, I don't know how they got it nominated. I guess they showed it in theaters for a week in New yeah. York and L.A. But uh, I think qualified somebody run, I know maybe Wayne run. Fetterman saw it, and uh, you know you watch four hours and then you take a little break and then you yeah. watch four more. And I heard it's not, um, there's not a minute uh, too much of it. No, like it's, it's riveting. You saw it? I saw it. Not how, in the how'd you see it? I saw it at home because I saw well, it. Well, where on, can people see it? I believe it's, um, I saw it on Netflix. Oh, it is on Netflix. Yeah. Now, how long is it total? It's about eight hours or something. It's, it's, it's the, I think it was ESPN's 30 for 30 or whatever that it's their series. So they, so they must have done a qualifying run in movie theaters to yeah. get it. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. People actually sat through it in theaters. Um, 
But 13th is also on Netflix and yes. is more of a um, shorter. <laughs> much shorter. They may not even mention OJ, but it's a but isn't it like a, a, a big picture look at civil rights? Yeah, and what it is too It's about is, specifically laws about the, the yeah. prison, how it, it's it's a far more traditionally structured documentary, like your kind of the history of uh the thirteenth amendment and then how it was basically circumvented with uh prisons and jailing and you know where we are today. Um yeah, I that, really I really liked it. I thought be, it was a really good documentary. Yeah, I, I'm very much uh, interested in seeing that before uh before next uh, Sunday. I I'll say this. OJ the three that I've seen, I'm Not Your Negro, OJ, and 13th, are all fantastic films. They all overlap a lot because it's about the race issue and and America and the prison system and the militarization of police and all right. this kind of stuff. Um, for me, the most powerful one of them is I Am Not Your Negro. That's my should win. But as I said on this show when we talked about it, I Am Not Your Negro is too... Why 13th will win, and it's a good movie and it deserves it, but why it will win over I'm Not Your Negro is because 13th is clear. It's like I'm Not a, Your Negro gives you stuff to think about. It doesn't tell you what to think at all, really. No, no. It's a, and yeah, exactly. 13th is like, here's the problem. We need to rewrite these laws. There's this organization named Alec, which is great. Give us a distinct thing. Third, uh, I'm Not Your Negro is like, hey, everyone. Home alone at night. Think about this. Like, <laughs> this is why America, it's all on us. It's all our fault why America is so awful. We're disconnected. We're scared. We're this totally out of whack society. And this is how it's manifesting itself. And it's like, that's going to make some people uncomfortable and go, I don't want to deal with this. Right. 13th, I know what I need to do. Mm. Um, and I think won't go out on a limb here but at some point every one of these documentaries will make you feel a little uncomfortable yeah uh, but how can yeah. how can how can uh well life animated didn't doesn't make you feel uncomfortable but it uh, you know it's just after last year's oscars so white mm -hmm. you know it's just it'd be an odd time to it, it's a sweet movie and right it's, and it's and it's important in its own way but I think probably that, not going to win. I think just the fact that three movies that are es essentially about race in America, uh, that they're all nominated in the category and the, and the fire at sea, that's, I mean, that sounds powerful as well, but I'm just going wood and should on 13th. Yeah. I'm going to go the same without having seen it. <laughs> and, but I am going to get it in there before it's on Netflix. It's worth seeing. I really liked and it. And then watch the, the, the 30 minute interview with Ava DuVernay and Oprah after you watch it. That's also on Netflix. Okay, cool. Um, Shouldn't will thirteen for me. All right. Cinematography. Arrival, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, Silence. You know, I, I'll tell you. I'm looking at this list. They're all um, good as far as cinematography goes, but I think the one that stands out the most for me is still La La Land because it just captured that, just that feel and that look of Hollywood and like that that kind of like Hollywood fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes through in the cinematography, everything from, you know, the way the colors are presented right. and everything. I really, the I think it's of a the camera. Mo well, All the guy that's that the, you know, the top steady cam dude uh, shot it. I think like, he's just a beast. Like just the, just the musical number on the freeway. If you're paying attention to what that guy had to do, oh, with a yeah. very heavy piece of equipment, right. it's hard to move around quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
it, it's just uh, it's very very impressive. Plus, also the shot composition. There's all these cool <coughs> things in the background of all of these shots, like all of these old yes. jazz clubs in Chicago. It's such a tip or uh, L.A. It's all it's such a tip of the hat to all these old jazz clubs, like the Fado Do and all these places like that. So there's it's and I, after the after the music, the cinematography of La La Land is is the second most important thing. I think you know just how yeah. how it all looks, the whole Technicolor. Uh, vibe so, of so all three of us across the board go should will. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, now we are going to the next original eight. screenplay. Original screenplay. Um, Manchester by the Sea, Hell or High Water, La La Land, Twentieth Century Women, The Lobster. Now, if we're going just by the word original, The Lobster, hands down. Yeah, it's that such is a the weird, most uh, disturbing original. Disturbing. Yeah. But the way it was written, and it had the too, same score as Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Just very serious violins the whole time. And also, you feel like too, there was such meticulous detail into creating this weird world. Like every nothing was left to chance, or no detail was like left not thought about. Everything from the facility they went to, what animal they would turn into. All of the allegories and metaphors about relationships, everything was just there in the script. So I'm going to go should and will with uh, the lobster. Oh, Chris, with interesting. I'm going to say this is where the sweeping stops for La La Land. I go hell or high water, Taylor (laughs) Sheridan, because uh, he, he carries some clout. And I think this is where... I think Hell or High Water should have received a bunch more nominations, in my opinion. I thought it was a mm-hmm. really great film. But I think this is where uh, La La Land gets a little upset. I, I think if it's going to go to something that's not La La Land, I think that uh, Kenneth Lonergan has a lot of uh, respect. And uh, Manchester by the Sea, as heavy as it is, like when I had been warned constantly about how heavy it is, when I finally watched it, there's there's a lot of, you know, it manages to be a lot of humor within such a heavy, heavy story, and it works. It's not like out of place or no. It's no, just totally, all, it, it works. It's all terrific, sure. and and that movie can't, you know, just because of how things are going with La La Land. I just don't see him winning director or picture, and you know, we'll get to it in a second. But I, you know, I fear that uh, Casey Affleck isn't necessarily a lock. Too much dirt on that young weirdo. I think think that's... No, I just think he's not a lock because, uh, you know... It affects uh, the vote, for sure. Because Denzel is just the greatest living actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) So so that's a tough one, but I thought he was really good, and um, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of feeling... Say what you think, Chris, but I'm sort of feeling like that, that might be where they... Give him a little something is uh, for screenplay. So you're gonna go should and will on screenplay. For I'm not gonna say should. I'm gonna think about it a little bit more. Oh, oh Chris already spoke I, 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 on the yeah, lobster. I'm, going, I'm thinking the lobster is gonna be the upset here. Yeah, I you know that's not uh, completely out of the question because it is an insanely original movie. But in my fi- my feeling is it's, it's a little too insane. I would have liked it to be reeled in a little bit and also feel more like it. Although, in this world now, I guess maybe it could happen. But, <laughs> but um, I'm going to go... God, this is tough. Because La La Land also, while this is a good place for the sweep to stop, 
it uh, it's a very there's original. there's a lot of ideas in it. It's great. A lot of you know. Plus, there's I a lot of thought in it, even though it seems simple. I want to see the announcers announce the screenwriters' names for the lobster. <laughs> Ithmith it's Filipeo Ithmith and Yorgos Yorgos Lathathemos um, Damn it you guys Doug, I'm gonna go Doug I need your decision <laughs> <laughs> Doug Benson who is your should I mean when they're just flying down the list Marking things off I just think La La Land is really hard to beat But I'm gonna go Will and should for Manchester. Wow. All right. I know. Okay. I know. A bold maneuver. La La Land Kinda first crazy. doesn't get, first time it doesn't get any of our votes on any section. Yeah. And it's, mm. it could just be, it could be the sweep just holds, you know, especially because there's no, like we said, no supporting actor mm-hmm. possibilities for La La Land. Adapted screenplay, Lion by Luke Davis, Arrival by Eric Hessier, Hessier I don't know. Moonlight by Barry Jenkins, <laughs> Hidden Figures by Theodore Melfi and uh, Allison Schroeder, Fences by August Wilson. Uh, Eric Hessier should have started by rewriting his own name so that we could <laughs> pronounce it. We could pronounce it properly. Uh, wow, Lion is my best bit picture of the year. Oh, you love that. I loved Lion. Um, but I think it's going to be, I think, I think, so Lion is my should, but I think August Wilson and Fences and the traction that August Wilson in this movie has been getting is going to get it, will win. Hmm. I'm going to disagree. Wow. I'm going to go Hidden Figures, and the reason is, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. is because I think Hidden Figures, more people saw it and it got more into the consciousness more because it was PG, people saw it with families. Uh, and I really think more people. It was saw a big it. hit. It was a big hit. It's very moving. Yeah, it's stunning that in you know so closely to our lifetimes there were separate bathrooms and water fountains. And you also never saw it in the frame of like science. Just because like, they were black, also like yeah. why did it say and Jews or right. you know what I mean? Yeah, like I <laughs> like racist people really concentrated on right. that one. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the whole yeah. two water fountain things. It blows me away that somebody. It's like a state that doesn't want to celebrate Martin Luther King Day. It's like why wouldn't you take a day off? And why would you want to have to build two fountains, right. two water fountains everywhere? Yeah, why well, are you building an extra fountain yeah, why, for people that you hate? You, why not just say you can't even you can't drink? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. fuck you. Yeah, you know? now you have to buy it's another coffee. The pot. whole thing that that racism is that deep and that horrible is uh, it's stunning, and so you know. Uh, unfortunately, then a white guy played by Kevin Costner, uh, he, he he eliminates the bathroom rule, separate bathrooms, for expediency's sake. <laughs> he's not doing it because he hates racism. Right. He's doing it because he's tired of the woman having to walk 20 minutes to go to the bathroom every day. He wants her there doing math. Right. Didn't care about the two bathrooms uh, before that. No. No, it was not a concern of his. He was too busy trying to get a man on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that movie is really, it's a big eye opener, but I also felt that it, it, you know, again, it's a white man saving the day or whatever. Uh, it just felt a little, uh, simplistic to me, but you're right, Chris. It's, uh, it's definitely one that, uh, moved people the most of these. So Chris, that's your should and will. will, But I imagine that there's a rather strong gay contingent in the Academy, and Moonlight is really powerful in terms of, uh, you know, just the, the, the approach they take to the, the, the gay aspect of the story. And 
Barry Jenkins is probably not going to win for director. Right. So I think that's where that that's where this can win. Hmm. I think you know saying adapted screenplay uh, August Wilson's Fences. Well, they just you know he didn't he didn't do anything. It's just they, word they for just, word. They just yeah. kept the play. So he he wrote a great play and then they filmed it. So I I don't see that winning. Um, so yeah, I'm going I'm going. Will win Moonlight, and I'm gonna give it both. I'm gonna go Will should for All Moonlight. Right. Doug Benson looking bold. Will should. But Lion, I did enjoy a great deal. I gotta say, I loved it. Um, actress in a supporting role: Viola mm. Davis, Fences; Naomi Harris, Moonlight; Nicole Kidman, Lion; Octavia Spencer, Hidden Figures; Michelle Williams, Manchester by the Sea. I think this is Viola Davis. I think she just crushes this. Nicole, I love Lion. Nicole Kidman does a decent job, but she doesn't have the kind of she has some great scenes in it, but the sort of powerhouse scenes that Vi- they're going to show that scene of Viola Davis crying, going, I've been sitting here the whole time with you or whatever. And it's like, that's it. Well, when I saw Lion, I sort of went into it. I, I saw it before the, uh, after the nominations came out and I went into it like, yeah, they nominated Nicole Kidman. Cause she's just, she's just Oscar bait. Like she just, right. if she's in something, she's got a good chance of getting nominated. Right. And, um, in that case, I thought it was uh, one of the better performances she's given in a while. It's a good- I, I think she's really good in it. I think she really disappears into that character. You really feel the love she has for her uh, children. and uh, But boy, just sidebar, that little boy in that movie. Oh, God. He should have got a nomination. He was so amazing. Un- incredible. Like, the, the just the heart of that, it just really makes that movie uh, just... Those know. scenes where he's, like, on the street, tr- scared, trying to... F- eat doesn't know what to do who to trust and they're just there's some shots some close-ups of just capturing this kid who's whatever six or seven living on the streets uh it's un it's he's he's you know and they 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 audition like four thousand kids for that role it's uh, unbelievable he's, he's amazing i mean the movie wouldn't work if the kid wasn't that, right that right. good and uh but but anyway so nicole kidman's great in that uh naomi harris in moonlight is like when you see the real Naomi Harris, uh, how she behaves and talks, and and uh, uh, you know she's British, right? I think um, uh, that's an incredible performance, also. But the fact that Viola Davis is essentially a lead character right. in Fences, she's around through most of it. Like it's very much on the fence <laughs> whether or not she should be support or lead. So the fact that they put her in support. It's, it's not just a large a, it's a, cast in that movie. It's a sneaky move to get her the win. Mm-hmm. And has she won before? Did uh, she win for question. the help? Uh, I think so. Because that, that could hurt her just a little bit. But they're they're all, uh, you know, except for Naomi Harris, I believe they're all uh, previous winners, right? What did Michelle Williams win? She's never won? She's certainly been nominated before. Yeah, I don't know if she's won yet. Yeah, she might not have won before. So it's a real uh, Michelle Williams. She's only got a few scenes, but boy, they're she powerful. Could. She's they're, so they're, they're the really most upsetting. Yeah. They're the most upsetting moments in the movie, and she's there just being so good. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing when you have the supporting role, like when you have. Um, Michelle Williams as supporting, she's only in a few scenes, but they're powerful. Casey work. Affleck said, you know, like he he lived in that character for months, and right. she'd have to come on the set and just nail it uh, in her a few days that she was Actually, there. Actually, right. Viola Davis has had three nominations, but never won. Boom. Mm. Will win, I know. should yeah. win. I know. Done. Dillage. 
I, I agree. <laughs> she was nominated for Doubt, The Help, and now this one yeah, for Fences. Very strong category. We'll do our yeah. best to not hold Suicide Squad against her. And yes. she won. <laughs> she won the Golden Globe this year for Fences. Yeah. No, it's that's happening. It's across mm-hmm. the board. Should win. Mm-hmm. What was her hair nominated for Suicide Squad? Yeah. <laughs> Actress in a leading role, Emma Stone, La La Land, Natalie Portman, Jackie, Ruth Nega, Loving, Meryl Streep, Florence Foster Jenkins, of course, she's the court, of course, Isabel Huppert, Ellie. You know, I got to say, this is where I think La La Land will resume its sweep. I really think Emma Emma Stone might win this. Um, they, these are all strong performances for sure. I think Meryl Streep at some point, she will win again, but I don't think it'll be this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, and she doesn't, she doesn't need to win again. No. Really. She gets nominated every... She got a Lifetime Achievement Award right. at the clubs. Here. Yeah. And she gets nominated for doing it, and she's always... Well, she didn't get nominated for Ricky and the Flash, did she? I don't I hope know. not. Um, I mean, she's, she's just always amazing. But, but Ruth Nega and Meryl Streep, I, I think those are the only two you can absolutely rule out as not happening, especially because Isabel Huppert, uh, not only a, lo- a long career that's, you know, uh, with lots of uh, praise, but Elle is, uh, it's just, you know, she won, what'd she win? The, uh, the Globes split up drama and comedy. So and music. So Emma Stone won for comedy or musical, and Hooper won for drama, and she's quite good. And it would be a career. It just depends if they want to give it to the new girl, give a career award, or give another one to Natalie Portman for just continuing to be awesome, and being the best thing about Jackie. Right. I I think it's still going to be Emma Stone. I'm going should, should win. Isabel Hooper will win. Emma Stone. Mm. Because Emma Stone's always been great in everything that she does, and she's still only 26 or 28 or something, and the Academy loves that. And so, Chris, you're going should will on yep, Emma Stone? should will Emma Stone. I'm going to go should will on Emma Stone as well. She's right. really good. I mean, you know, Gosling's not going to win. Yeah. Next category. Uh, actor in a supporting role, uh, Marshala Arli, Moonlight, Jeff Bridges, Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges, Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel, Lion, Michael Shannon, Nocturnal Animals. Mm, Michael Shannon is the shit. That guy <laughs> is always great. Yeah, he's, he's a- amazing. And he really, in, 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 in that strange structure of Nocturnal Animals, it's so interesting how his character is the most interesting character in the movie, but in the context of the movie, he's a character written by one of the other characters. So that's uh, that's wild. And that he didn't get nominated for a Golden Globe, but the other guy from Nocturnal Animals, it's very good. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson from Kick-Ass, who he's, you know, he's uh, British. He's, right. he's been hiding his accent in most of his performances, right. except for when he played John Lennon in that one movie. Mm-hmm. But... That guy's always great. So it's just it was weird that, uh, that how that all went down, that, that he actually won the Golden Globe and then didn't get nominated for an Oscar. And as soon as he won the Golden Globe, the next day everyone was saying, but he's not going to get nominated by the Academy, and, Mike, <laughs> and Michael Shannon is. Like, that's how strongly people felt about Michael Shannon, and mm-hmm. it came true. But that being said, this Another is not going to be his year, I don't think. So I, think not- it's, I think it's... Uh, Ali, Marshal Ali. Because that guy, he is also in, he's very good in Hidden Figures. Yeah. And quite different. Yes. 
He's one of those guys that and is, is, a, is Luke a, Cage. He's oh, different yeah, too. He's yeah. Great. Oh, so I haven't seen Luke Cage. Oh, oh yeah, he's great. Luke Cage. Oh, so he's a he's an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Overdue, uh, you know, like a guy that you know, uh, heretofore unknown. I mean, Jeff Bridges. He's you know, he's just he's he just won a few years ago yeah. for the Crazy Heart. He's good. I love him in Hell or High Water. Um, I love Dev Patel and Lion. But what do you think about that? Like I've ar- argued with people on the internet about whether or not that's a supporting role. That's the thing. The kid overshadows him. Yeah. So that's what makes it a supporting role, I guess. Cause he's on screen as much as the kid, mm-hmm. but, and he's really good. He's really good. He's very different. Like, you know, I've, you know, he's in those, mar- those, uh, hotel movies. What are those called? Yeah. The Marigold hotel. Oh. And he's very, uh, high strung. He's very high strung on newsroom. And, uh, so he's he's definitely got like different levels that he can play. So he'll he'll be back in the game. Oh yeah. And this Lucas Hedges kid in Manchester by the Sea. I, I'm glad he got in there because he's terrific. But you just don't. He's know, not gonna win. You just don't know if it's a fluke. Right. Right. Yeah. He's he's not gonna. Flukus Hedges, yeah. I call him. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought the little kid in Lion should have got nominated over him, <laughs> but but he is good. So, so that's mine. My my will should is Mar- Marshall Ali. Yeah, I gotta go with Doug on this. Marshall Ali for will and should. He's just so like he's only in that first section of the movie, and he shines in. It. And it's just like he he, he's not the even movie. the main character in that right. first section. Yeah, but it's just he it just it. Yeah. it's just amazing acting. Like he he would have fit in beautifully on the uh, that character would have fit in beautifully on the wire. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know where you're yeah. just like you find him. Com- it's just so compelling that he's clearly a bad guy, but then right. he's got this warm side with this kid. Right. You just want to watch him. It's like, dude, know. he's great in House of Cards. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Oh either. my god, you gotta watch. Yeah, he's great in House of Cards, and he's completely. You, you gotta I'm a movie his... guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta watch more stuff that he's in. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was really. That's the first thing I was aware of seeing him in. I'm mm-hmm. sure I've seen him in stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know, because yeah. he's he's been around for a minute. So, okay, that's my uh, actor in a leading role. As we talked about, Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling, La La Land, Viggo Mortensen, Captain Fantastic, and the winner, Denzel Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm certainly very, very happy for Viggo Mortensen. Like, from the second I saw Captain Fantastic, I was personally lobbying for for the nomination to happen because he's great in it. He is really good in it. The movie kind of falls a little flat around him, but he's his he's perform- really good. Those, some of those one-on-one scenes, either with the kids and then when he's dealing with Frank Langella, the flashbacks with his wife, like those scenes, it's like Viggo Mortens is one of these guys that's so sort of, he should be one of these guys that gets nominated every year for some big, giant, amazing role, but he kind of doesn't for whatever reason. And I he's, so, he's very much overlooked. I don't think he's going to win, but... Um, he just does. happy to see him there. Yeah, exactly. Right. And Ryan Gosling was so not only great in La La Land, but I one of my favorite movies last year was the the Nice Guys. Yeah, and I thought he was so funny in that. Like, I he's just gonna be uh, a guy that's gonna be back at the table. I think. Uh, same with Andrew Garfield's great in both. I haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge, but you know they say he's great in it, and he's also very good in Silence. I just there's something about Andrew Garfield. I just. I recognize his ability, but I just can't 
get that on board with him sometimes. Like, there's always just... Is it because he looks too much like Ben Schwartz? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's it, for sure. Yeah, I mean... A little he subconscious. Just, he just sort of... I don't know. There's just parts of... I don't, there's always some scene where I'm just like, meh. But Affleck, Casey Affleck's been winning everything. Like, even though Denzel Washington's been in the hunt, like, Casey always wins. So which way is it going to go, gentlemen? Oscars are way too aware of the Oscar so white from last year. Denzel. Right, but they, they, they're going to, they're already going to give it to Viola Davis and Marcia Ali if they're thinking that way about, you know, trying to be, you know, more mm. racially correct or fair or whatever. And Denzel has already won. Casey Affleck's been nominated before for the Tom uh, Tom Ford. <laughs> what what the uh, what's that long title with? It was a Brad Pitt movie. The the something something of somebody. <laughs> the something. Remember the curious case of Benjamin Button. Yes, that was it. <laughs> um. So. I don't know. This is a tough category. He's been solid for yeah. Well, between those start, two, it's between those. You're two. starting to convince me. I was all Denzel, but now I'm thinking Denzel should. Assassination Casey of Jesse will. Jones and the by the coward, uh, whatever Johnny Jumbo. What's the cat? <laughs> who's the coward? I don't want to tell you. What's his name? Uh, uh, coward. He plays the coward. Yeah. Right. The assassination. Here it is. The assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Yeah. Okay. I want to say Tom Ford. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that movie director. Designer, fashion designer. Fascist, I mean, fascist, <laughs> fascist designer. Fascist designer. Uh, okay, so I'm going should win Denzel, will win Casey Affleck. Yeah, I, I wasn't leading that leading that way, but now after uh, hearing what you had to say, I agree now. <laughs> Plus uh, Denzel the, the should, hubris Casey of directing will. himself in Fences is also... Should be noted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with a should... That's hard to win. When you direct yourself, yeah, I think I don't know how often it's happened. Um, I'm going Vigo should ah Denzel will all right. <sighs> Last two categories, ladies and gentlemen: directing Dennis Villeneuve arrival, <laughs> Mel Gibson Hacksaw Ridge, Damien Chazelle La La Land, Barry Jenkins Moonlight, Kenneth Lonergan Manchester by the Sea. Odd pick. <laughs> I, uh, this is a, I, I, there's so many other people I would have put in this category personally, but um, well, Manchester by the Sea is such a performance movie, and this guy it's an actor directed movie, it, yeah. and he got those performances, and you know, so uh, I I admire his work, but I you know I agree it's less directed than you know some of the other things that got left off. I, I thought Arrival popping into directing was a more of a surprise. That and ha- Hacksaw Ridge, I was like. What's going on? I mean, this automatically makes it so that, uh, you know, it's highly unlikely that Hidden Figures or Lion, <laughs> you know, the the four movies that didn't get nominated for directing uh, are less likely to win the Best Picture, Best Picture Award, right. you know, even though it could happen because Hidden Figures is such a popular movie. But, um, you know, Mel Gibson, that's, that's not going to happen. And. Uh, like I said, Barry, I don't think Moonlight. I think Barry Jenkins either. is going to get screenplay for Moonlight, and then that's why I think it's. I'm going would and should for Damien Chazelle, La La Land. I don't know, Chris. What do you think? Mm, I think should Damien Chazelle, but I think 
It's going to be an upset, and it's going to be Kenneth Lonergan as Will, because I think um, La La Land's going to win Best Picture, so they're going to give directing to someone else. Which happens, but it's not. It's uh, maybe 30% of the time. Yeah. uh, uh, Or even less, perhaps. I don't know the figures, but, um, you know, usually they go hand in hand. And hasn't. Didn't the WGA already give out their awards? I think they gave them out on Saturday night. Yeah. I think uh, Patton uh, was the uh, MC. Can you just Google uh, WGA winners and let's see what. What two things won, just out of curiosity. Because hmm. those tend to match up. The Producers Guild, whatever they give it to, tends to match up with Best Picture for the Academy. But uh, I don't think the DGA has uh, given any, given that award out yet. Aritzi, uh, WGA winner's full list from the HollywoodReporter.com. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Uh just tell me. <laughs> Goddamn pop-ups and shit. Just yeah. tell me. Clickbait bullshit. Uh, screenplay was Moonlight. Uh, Arrival mm. one adapted. Oh, mm. shit. Um, that's all we need to know, right? Yeah, that's it. Those yeah. are the main... Then, then they do TV and stuff. But So that adds an interesting wrinkle. So that's why I'm really happy I went with Barry Jenkins for the screenplay. But... Uh, Arrival getting a screenplay original. I think I'm going to... That's interesting. That's interesting. I think I'm going to go... Wow, this is just... This is, this is but the DGA, when they give out theirs, which is before the Oscars, but hasn't happened yet, I don't think. Maybe it has. You want to check? DGA almost always matches up with the Oscars, which makes it super easy to handicap director but then like you said they could go a different way with picture right the, they haven't happened yet the okay um so oh wait wait I'm sorry wait DGAs they have happened have happened already and they they probably gave it to David Chazelle I would think wait a minute it's February 3rd of 2017 So, what are you going? They're going to be Chris? handed out February four. So wow. For, so they're out then. I'm yeah. still going. Just go with winner. Yeah, I'm still going with director for uh, Kenneth Lonergan. I think will win, but Damien Chazelle should win, and I think La La Land should and will win Best Picture. Oh, whoa! Damien Chazelle won. There you go. So that's so that's going to happen. But they could go another way with picture and give it to. I would narrow it down to, you know, either Hidden Figures, Manchester by the Sea, or Moonlight. Mm. Uh, they could slide it to one of those, especially like we've been talking about how Hidden Figures is just such a, a perfect movie at this time. Yeah, you know what? so popular. I think I might change my uh, directing answer. I'm going to go with Should and Will, Damien Chazelle. Okay. And I'm taking out Kenneth Lonergan. Sorry, Kenny. Yeah, I, 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 think, it, I think that's why he could really squeak in with screenplay. Or they could just think Casey Affleck's enough notice right. for that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Shouldn't will with Damien. And then I'm I'm going shouldn't will with La La Land just because I love it so much. Like for I, best picture. Right. I, yeah, I just uh, it's that was my one of my top three favorite movies last year. Same. Yeah, La La Land, shouldn't will. 
I'm gonna change it up because they send. This is where they. This is where it they, can happen. This is where they can get. Especially you. with these nine pictures nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Did gonna, you read them all? The best picture nominees. Best picture: Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. I'm gonna. This is me. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go a should will on Lion. Oh, okay. I think Lion makes the crazy sneak in, and uh, I think movies that begin through uh, with the letters O through Z really got snubbed. Yeah, this they year. sure did. Like all the best picture nominees are in the first half of the alphabet. You got three, <laughs> three H's, two L's, two M's. <laughs> all right, guys, that's our show. Wow, um, we did it. Super size. Super size. I think I'm going to be live tweeting this. Uh, oh yeah that's the thing to do last year we did a whole thing with Rabble TV they paid us to do this live thing which was really cool you guys interacted but I think Rabble's out of business yeah we Uh, haven't seen we went to their website and it's not working so you guys some of you were asking are we going to do some live thing Uh, I I don't probably do some tweeting we'll just do tweet during Mm -hmm. the middle of it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to tweet the hell out of it. My uh, my new show, The High Court, debuts on Comedy Central the following night, nice. Monday the 28th at midnight after at midnight. Ah, cool. I'm in the midnight slot, Chris. Excellent. Formerly held by midnight, midnight. which is now at 1130. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not confusing at all for my stoner fan base. What's The High Court? The High Court is, uh, it's basically like Judge Judy, but uh, I'm the judge, and uh, me and the uh, guest bailiffs, who are, you know, stoner comedians, uh, we get high while we deliberate. Like, you see the deliberation <laughs> What kind of What kind of uh, cases are you guys They're real in? small claims cases. We pull from the same, <laughs> the same, same pool, pool as judge of Judy. cases as all the... You know, Joe Brown and, and mm-hmm. Hot Bench. There's a show called Hot Bench. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it's it's really straight up just like those shows, but with the element of the, the judge is very high. And, um, yeah, so that debuts uh, the day after the Oscars. So all of my Oscar tweets, I'm going to just include uh, hashtag the high court <laughs> just to <laughs> because a lot of people read my Oscar tweets, so I like to uh, promote it that way. And, um yeah, and other than that, uh, DougLovesMovies.com for, for all my stuff. Sweet. Cool. And uh, check out Doug and Earbuds. Check out Doug and Earbuds, <laughs> and where he has one of my funny favorite funnier lines in the film. Yes. You gotta watch it to see. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, Earbuds, you guys. I will also be headlining the Skyline in uh, Comedy Cafe in Appleton, Wisconsin, March 17th and 18th. And we am doing a tour through Oahu and the Big Island of Hawaii, March 22nd through 26th. The specifics I'll post later. Uh, and, of course, ComedyFilmNerds.com. My YouTube channel, Political Vigilante. I'm releasing videos every day, ranting and raving about what's going on in the world. How many uh, episodes a week are you releasing? 10 to 12. Wow. Two a day, most days, and one... Uh, like t- I've tried to do Monday through Friday, two a day, Monday through Jesus. Friday. Doug Benson, big mm. winner. <laughs> <laughs> One Friday. One that was day. my I gotta go alarm because right. I'm running around mm-hmm. promoting this thing uh, everywhere, and um, so I'm sorry to interrupt you. Anyway, yeah, I do two a, uh, at least uh, ten to twelve a week. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, every day. All right, so check it out, Graham's YouTube channel. 
And people can already start signing up for the uh, podcast festival. Los Angeles yes. podcast. We put tickets on sale. It's October 6th through the 8th. Mm-hmm. It is at the Biltmore Hotel downtown. Mm-hmm. New venue. We can. It's awesome. I love it. I love downtown. It's so fun for Dude. people that live here or from out of town. You know, it's nobody lives here goes downtown too. that yeah. much. So it's a great chance to just go down there, be in a hotel, check out all the other things you want to do downtown or just... Or just go podcast nuts. You're all weekend. Uh, a block and a, two blocks away from the uh, metro station, so you can take the train in there. There's all this shit to do downtown: bars, restaurants. The hotel rooms start at one eighty eight a night. Last year they were two oh nine, so that's already twenty dollars cheaper. There's only two hundred and fifty rooms available because there's a doctor convention. So if you don't get on the cheap rooms, you miss out. So go but to- if you're a doctor. At the convention, oh and you also want to have some fun with us. You're all set. <laughs> you already have a room. Yeah, just gotta yeah. buy your pass. So you're Doug, set. you're doing it. Well, I'm. You know, I I, 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 I got my toes in the water. I'm I'm I'm, fair, I'm fairly fairly committed to it, and you definitely gotta you know set me up with a room there because I, I would For like sure. to just uh, stay and hang downtown and uh, uh, hang out with everybody because that's one of my favorite aspects of the festival is that we all uh, are in the same hotel together and. It's just a real up close and personal uh, experience, which you could also see more about and learn more about if you watch the earbuds documentary. (laughs) Well, the the great thing about the Biltmore is there's like there's this cool there's all these places to just hang out on top of the things and events we'll be doing. So go to LAPodfest.com, ComedyFilmers.com, YouTube.com slash Graham Elwood. Thank you, Doug Benson, for being on the program. Thank you. I'll see you guys in a year. Yes. (laughs) Godspeed. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han Han shot shot first. first.